Well, hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. So, Mistress Loras, uh, right now yeah. on Twitter, people are sharing sandwich photos, and <laughs> there's a hashtag called Sandwiches of Time, and <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> I think I tagged you on one, and I was like, Mistress Loras would be proud. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to have to, like, check in on that. Yeah, they're like, all I want is someone to be proud of me. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All you sandwich makers. It was a yeah. good looking sandwich, I have to say. Awesome. Do you remember what account it was posted on initially? Do I dare open up Twitter right now? Do it. You can look because I tagged you in it. You should be like okay. right there. It, it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Tell me that's not a decent looking Sammy. I'm trying to find it. Or panini. It's like grilled, kind of. <laughs> Those are beautiful. So Shadow Asha Man. Asha Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Now if you just... <laughs> but all day We're today, gonna, I was like yeah. looking through... Well, not all day today. Yeah, maybe it was all day today. Not going to lie. Uh, when I was looking through stuff on Twitter, I was like... Where, where are all these sandwich photos coming from? And it's like sandwiches of time. I'm like, I can get behind that 100%. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm just going to reply real fast. That's awesome. <laughs> Mama's proud. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, Twitter. I don't know why I shy away. I get I get so overwhelmed with things. I think that's what it is. Yeah, but it's I think just with social media in general, you can get kind of. Whew, it does get overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, and too, and if I you're get. Not, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna <laughs> say, I get kind of sucked in, and I like there are so many people that are just looking for connections right now and are going through a hard time, and they feel safe opening up to the people in that community and everyone reaches out with such a lovely amount of support and it's just beautiful and I'm like why do I why do I not go there more often I'm like oh because I'll get sucked in for like two hours and I won't pay attention to my six-year-old and I won't get my podcast edited and I won't get to bake a cake like there's so many important things. things I know, I know. There's so many things to do. Not that sandwiches I, I of time that. aren't important, but that's so true. Because I mean, I I love making. I have so many pictures of food on my phone that when Apple just did its newest update for the iPhones, they'll make albums for you. We had a food and album. And one of the I, there was a there was a 2018 food album, and at first I was like, "Wow, this is really cool. Who made this?" And I was like, "Oh wait." That's all my food. I made that. And like Aiden's looking over my shoulder and he's like, damn, mom, why are you so good? And I was like, 
don't know. Everybody has a thing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't even think that most of the stuff that I make would like pass the muster of like somebody who's like a professional. Like a Michelin star chef or something. Yeah. 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 But like for me. Overrated. (laughs) (laughs) I just love making food. Hooray. There should be. Is there a food of time? Hashtag. Should make one. There should be. Food of that's time. it. That's the that's the new one. I mean, Mel, does Melchior Talks have? He definitely should for his videos that he makes. He has. I know on his Discord he has a section like similar to like ours where it's like uh-huh. food. But yeah, on Twitter I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, he's okay. one too. He's like Chef Malkier. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching one of his videos the other day and was like, yeah, I need to watch the rest of this. <laughs> I love when he's uh, incorporating Narg into right? the kitchen. <laughs> Narg hungry. <laughs> oh, should we go ahead and start? Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably. You're starting off this time. Well, I have to open my notes. There you go. The background on both my Mac and my iPad is a painting of the Women's March on Versailles, too. It's everywhere. It's even my phone case. Ooh, let me see. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, anyway, sorry. Distraction. Because every time that <laughs> image pops up, I'm like, ladies, ladies how I ladies. love you. Everyone should know about them. Everyone should know about the Women's March on Versailles. Anyway. (laughs) Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Amber. And I'm here with my friend Tracy. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV shows on Amazon Prime, and unpacking this incredible series. Today we are recapping and discussing chapters 19 and 20 of New Spring. <laughs> it's getting it's so, really picking up like oh i don't get me wrong i really did like the beginning chapters but mm-hmm. now we're really it's really rolling along mm-hmm. and i really liked that it was a back in like a back-to-back pov with one being moraine and the other one being land i love that because we're getting both of their thoughts mm-hmm. on each other <laughs> yeah both sides of the story almost as it's happening and that's just I love it when that happens anyway okay so chapter 19 is pond water this is the one this is the one this is the one okay <laughs> so Moraine is on the run again escape artist Moraine <laughs> she's so good at it though She's so good at it. It's just so, it's so fun to watch Moraine be clever mm-hmm. and ambitious and not allow anybody to really dictate what her next step is mm-hmm. going to be. And I just and I appreciate that. And, her, and as her. much as she's really putting her plans into motion and being sneaky and very smart about everything we also get a very childish side to her which we don't get to see in the main series so it's really fun 
You are not kidding. It's so funny. It's so funny. Okay. So it's gray and chilly, and she's grateful that it's not raining. And the reason I bring this up is that she mentions that there is a weave that will keep water off of the person as they're outside or whatever. And I, I'm like, is this a secret weave that she learned when she was an Aes Sedai? Like, there, I just thought that that was really, I was like, oh, I, I would I would, want that. I would love to be in the tower when you get you know when you assign yourself to your Aja and they're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, so here we go. These are our secret weaves." Right? That would be so cool. And that's one of the things where I I just I would have loved getting chapters like this, like these surprises and whatnot. Like what are the browns good at? What are the reds mm-hmm. good at? What are their secret weaves? Yeah, that would be – I wonder if it's in Robert Jordan's notes somewhere. Maybe. Probably. Probably. That'd be cool. That would be Dang, a, one of these That would days. be a good um, question to put out there. Mm. Maybe we can do that. Mm. What are the secret weaves? Or, Does anybody know? Yeah. Tell yeah. us. Tell us. Because, I mean, they don't learn how to, like, block heat and cold until they become an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. So it would, I mean, what other secret things do they learn yeah. once they attain the shawl? So anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. And just one more reason to be an Aes Sedai or at least able to channel. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'd want to join the kin, truthfully. <laughs> I can't say that. No, um, I would want to get the shawl and then I would peace out and be like, okay, well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I'll be leaving the tower shortly. I wouldn't want right. to stay. You would you would moraine it. Mm-hmm. Let's make moraine a verb. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets to the stable, requests her ho- horse, and is on her way to the gates of the city um, before the sun has completely risen. And she leaves her pack horse behind and makes it look like she's just out for a morning ride. stroll with yeah. her. Yeah, a morning ride with her horse. And this is where... Moraine's training in Destemar kind of shows up in a slight way. Oh, yes. She's, yeah, she's like, if she were Catswain, she would have rewarded the servants for news on Moraine's movements. And so she's thinking Moraine's, like, that's probably what Catswain has done, mm-hmm. is paid people to keep an eye on what she's mm-hmm. doing. So, good girl, Moraine, you're super smart. Uh, the night, the night, excuse me, the night watches patrols are still walking the street, and so are the lamplighters, which again shows what kind of a dangerous place this is to live. And more because no shadows means no, no chance of mer- yeah. murdral slipping through the shadows and getting into the city. And Moraine's thought is, I, I wonder that people could live so close to the blight that a murdral could step out of any dark shadow. That truly is frightening. Like to me, yikes. Um, so of course she receives looks like no one goes out in the night in the borderlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, what are you doing? Crazy woman. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't and you be inside where it's safe? <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't have any pack saddles or anything to indicate that she's actually like leaving the city in any way. So to them, she just looks like this lady on a horse wandering the city streets. Yeah. Yeah. Like a prime, okay, crazy. like a prime target. Exactly. So she gets to um, 
she gets to the gates of the city and there are three large men or three large men already waiting at the western gate uh her observation a grizzled old man and a hard-faced young one and the third is Arafelin and is the same man she saw coming out of the gates of heaven the night before mm-hmm. so she's already the- got so that's Rhine, the Arafelin with the mm-hmm. bells in his hair And last week we had talked about how she saw him leaving Mm -hmm. the the inn, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was leaving and that was when, like, she saw the woman's arm through the door that had the shawl with the fringe, but she couldn't identify the color of the, the fringe on the shawl. So she knows that this man has spoken with an Aes Sedai recently. Her mind is all black Aja focused and now wonders if he could possibly be a dark friend like that was kind of her thought process when she first saw that small interaction Mm -hmm. and so now in her mind these three men that are already at the western gate that are getting ready to leave the city they have a pack animal with them so they are obviously on a lengthy journey I was going to say road trip, but that doesn't seem <laughs> that doesn't seem quite right. No, I like that. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> Land, Bukama, Rhine, road trip. Bros. On the way. Bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she is, uh, she doesn't know who they are. Um, but, of course, we as the readers have this figured out because we know who is also going to be on the road early in mm-hmm. the morning on their way to Chichen. So we know who this is. As they leave the city with a group of mer- merchants' wagons, she keeps the three of them in sight. And they're pushing a pretty decent pace. And for her, that's totally fine. She wants to get to Chichen as quickly as possible. And they outpace the wagons. And she doesn't, mm-hmm. like, creep up on them or anything. She keeps a decent distance between them. She um, thinks she's being slick. <laughs> she does. Like, she's like, oh, I'm just a lone woman traveling. What c- trouble could I be? They're not going to pay attention to me, and I'm far enough away. Mm-hmm. Little does she know. Little does she know. And she has identified the two men that she saw at the gate as being Malkieri. Like, the she knows what the Hidori is. She doesn't necessarily know exactly what it means but it does give her an idea of what kind of men they might be so apparently her knowledge of Malkiri doesn't include being deadly as fuck (laughs) 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 and constantly aware of their surroundings um so anyway so she's she travels through a couple of villages as they're going on this on this road trip and her again, her thought, even after several months, it still seemed odd to see villagers wearing swords. And they have weapons lined up outside their houses and outside the inn. And it's just... Cult, like culture ev- shock. Yeah. It's, everyone is ready to fight for their life if they have to because it happens frequently enough that they have to. I, so, yeah, I love these little details that are mm-hmm. inserted here. And... Like we said a few weeks back, just getting all this information on the borderlands is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But they're also just like, dang, I, definitely rival 
Yeah. I, that's what that's what we should have. Who is the deadlier culture? The Borderlanders or the IEL? Yeah. Ooh. Write that down. <laughs> and I'll forget it. Um, no, I won't. Uh. <laughs> I've got a notebook. My, yay! My page, my document jumped all the way to the bottom. I have no idea why. So I need to find my spot while you write that down. Okay, so the day starts to slip away and the three men in front of her stop and talk with each other for a moment. And, of course, she also stops as they are having their little chit-chat and two right ahead and one goes off into the woods. And she thinks that it is the younger of the two Malkieri that has walked into the woods and she makes the decision to follow him instead of following the two that mm-hmm. have stayed on the road. Um, and <laughs> here's another place where Moraine is something special, in my opinion, that she took the time to learn how to track when she would go hunting, I guess. Like, I guess ladies do that. It seems right. Uh, anyway, so she says that this man had left a trail a child could have followed and that made me laugh because I, okay, I'll, I'll wait till a minute, but I have, I have an idea, maybe. I do too. Uh, should we save that for later? Sure. Yeah. So, Lan leaves a, a trail a child could have followed. Moraine thinks she's going to sneak up on the sky. She ties her horse off. She, like walks real slow and like stands up on this rock like or a little hill her... or something yeah just to make herself a little taller because you know she's a shorty she's a she's a pretty little doll yeah. remember she's just this tiny tiny woman um and she thinks that she's going to channel his sword away from him <laughs> 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 Yeah. It's it's yeah, really comical. Right. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good that I have to read it. So I'm gonna grab my book. It's page two forty-nine in my book. Okay. So I didn't want to have to recap this because it's just too much fun as it's written in the book. Uh so I'm Moraine I'm all for to... it. I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> such a good moment. So Moraine is attempting to channel channel away Land's sword. He moved faster than thought. No one so large could move. Whoops. Bum 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 suspense. Could move so fast. Yet her grasp closed on the scabbard, and he uncoiled, whirling, one hand clutching the scabbard between hers, the other seizing the front of her dress. Before she could think to channel, she was flying through the air. She had just time to see the pond coming up at her, just time to shout something. She did not know what. And then she struck the surface flat, driving all the wind out of her, struck with a great splash and sank. The water was freezing. Sadar fled in her shock. <laughs> I'm just picturing what she was trying to say because it says that she was she tries to like scream something, right. but it doesn't really come out. So I wonder if it was just like a Ooh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> why, why? 
I think or, I think if those it was are like, good guesses. It was like <laughs> fish guts. <laughs> I really see her being launched one. though. Like absolutely mm-hmm. like launching through the air. Yep, for sure. She's like the I size mean, of a child. I mean, Lan exactly. just picked her up and tossed her like well, and he like when she gets up out of so she flies through the air, she loses the breath from her lungs, she is soaking and enraged, and she stands up in the pond and Lan offers his hand to help her. And this is this is moment one, maybe two, like depending, of her more petulant moments mm. in this episode yeah. where like yeah. she thinks that she's gonna try to pull him into the pond with her as he's helping her out no nope nope i he feel like his lifts- yeah i feel like his feet would be like cemented like be trying right? to like move a statue yeah he lifts her up with one arm and then just like moves her aside and sets her down out of the water <laughs> like nice try but oh god i'm lan almandragoran yeah it's not happening today, Morin. Nope. Do you know who I am? No. Anyway. I feel so. like we're going to get to a point where they're both going to be like, do you know who I am? Well, do you know who I am? And then it's going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? I'm, I, I really want that moment, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that kind of is going to have to, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, Things to think about. I don't know if it's going to be a mutual thing or if one person is going to figure it out before the other. I want to see who's Mm -hmm. more clever in this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's definitely something to think about. Anyway, so um, to her, it looks as though in this moment as this happens, it looks to Moraine as though Lan might be kind of laughing at her and... She's, like, inside, how dare he, but keeps her cool. Lan offers to make a fire for her and to hang blankets around so that she can have her privacy and change and dry and everything, which is very nice of him. And she is, she accepts this offer, but, of course, she doesn't need that because she can just channel and she's dry and the fire feels nice. Isn't and she, she kind of just, like, and... hiding under a blanket, dry, but, like, still kind of, like, close to the fire? Oh. I don't know. I didn't catch that part, but maybe. Yeah. So, um, Bukama and Ryan return, wanting to know if Lan had been followed by the woman that had been following them. And he, of course, confirms that she did. And she wonders why they would set something like this up when they could have just confronted her and asked her. Hey, hello. You need help? What's going on? How? Why are you following us? And instead, there was, like, this kind of setup for her. And apparently, Ryan seems to make a move to see Moraine behind the protection of these blankets that Lan has set up for her. And Lan stands in his way and draws his sword and is like, do I really need to protect a woman's eyes from you? And Ryan backs down. And this is when they go and play a game called Sevens, which... This is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, yeah. Ryan is weird AF. 
<laughs> agree. Agree. I have my concerns around him. And actually, this is one of the reasons why. So in the book, it it says how this, this game of sevens, sevens is played. Mm-hmm. A strange game, it seemed to be, and more than dangerous in the failing daylight. Lan and Ryan sat cross-legged, facing one another. Their swords sheathed, then without warning, drew, each blade flashing toward the, other's thro- the other man's throat, stopping just short of flesh. The older man pointed to Ryan. They sheathed, sheathed swords, that's hard to say, and then did it again. For as long as she watched, that was how it went. Perhaps Ryan had not been so overconfident as he seemed. So Ryan is basically winning this game against Lan of how fast it takes for someone to unsheath their sword and hold get it, it to, to the other man's ne- neck yeah. first. So I okay, for one, this seems ridiculous. <laughs> right? But I guess what a fun game. Yeah, but I guess this is like um, in the Borderlands. Yeah, I guess you don't play cards. This is just a <laughs> kind of like a macho. Um, <laughs> it's like chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you like the other person has to like quit first, and if they don't, they both could potentially die. Yeah, that's how it feels. So but I also thought- I also don't understand in this moment if it was just like a because because you had um said that Lan was thinking like do I really have to defend her honor mm-hmm. to you Brian so I I kind of want to know like what the motivation for this was 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 it just purely like Lan wants to protect her or honor her chastity I guess like mm-hmm. or is there something else going on where he's already not mistrustful but upset mm. with Ryan like I, I just mm. I don't know the whole the whole gang here like obviously Lan and Bukama they've been like together for so long there's mm-hmm. nothing strange going on there but I, I I don't know about Ryan I just really don't know about this guy yeah, I definitely have misgivings about him. He's no Malkir man, Malkiri man. He's kind of a shit. Yeah, and that's like that's kind of Bukama's beef with him too. Yeah, it explains know? Bukama like wanting to go off, disliking him. Yeah, exactly. So where was I? <laughs> All right. So after the game of sevens, the dudes are setting up camp. Moraine steps out of her her little enclosure and formally requests the shelter of their swords as she travels to Chechen, Chechen and gives each man a silver coin to pay for, for pay, <laughs> to pay for the protection. They have varying reactions to the coin. Um, Lan's kind of like stiff faced and WTF about it, but mm-hmm. still puts it in his pouch. And Bukama actually kneels down and makes a formal pledge of his life before hers <laughs> as they approach Chichen. So everybody is all set up for camp, and they sit down and they they eat and they're having this conversation. Well, Ryan and Moraine are Bukama and Lan are basically silent mm-hmm. throughout the entire meal. It seems. But Moraine inquires of Ryan, who had 
like up until this question had been charming and smiling and very animated with her and she asks why he's traveling there and his response is every man has to die somewhere and it's not in a joking manner he's like kind of shuts down on her which interesting interesting (laughs) Moraine is probably just like WTF these borderlanders have really bad senses of humor (laughs) yeah make a joke okay we're playing sevens like (laughs) (laughs) oh god it just sounds so dangerous anyway so as they're getting ready to set up for guard or for sleeping of course they set up a, a rotating schedule for who's going to guard the camp. And Bukama says something to Lan that Moraine, Moraine couldn't hear, but she does hear Lan's reply, which was, I'd sooner trust an Aes Sedai, Bukama. Go to sleep. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong thing to say. This is... This is... The bad, this is the bad moment where Moraine is just like, I have had enough. She is done. She gets up. She channels this huge column of <laughs> yeah, like water. It, like a deluge, like a waterfall. Exactly. From the pond. And it all just comes crashing down on land but it's but it's not like one splash it's like a continuous Mm -hmm. stream yes i think she says for like a count of 10 or something like that (laughs) and then when it finally ends she expected to see a sodden half-frozen man beaten to the ground and ready to learn proper respect but again no this is lamb yeah so, of course, he's standing there wet. With a but sword. He's, <laughs> but he's standing and he has his sword out. I mean, it, it even says that there were fish. There were, like, little <laughs> fish around his feet because she had, like, grabbed so much water from this uh. pond. Man, this is one hell of a first meeting. Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> This is quite the um, meat cute. <laughs> <laughs> so her comment when this is done and or it's it's the guys who react once the water has done its thing and they immediately jump to the thought of it being shadow spawn and moraine is like no you dummies it was me, me. it's me she doesn't really say How that, but it is pretty close. Though, she wanted, like, all this attention. Like, sh- I can see her, like, standing there in, like, the Superman stance, like, ready to be, <laughs> like, this is what I did. But they're just, like, mm-hmm. looking around, like, where's where's the shadow spawn? Trollocs, Murdral. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, pay attention to me. <laughs> me. Talking about me, guys. Oh. No. And then she she. She musters all of the Aes Sedai serenity she can and says, It is unwise to show anything except respect to an Aes Sedai, Master Lan. <laughs> and of course, she's expecting some kind of reaction from this. And she does get one, but it's not the one she was expecting. Lan and Bukama kind of keep that like stoniness about them mm-hmm. that they're so noted for. Rhine 
decides to like give little bows every time he sees Moraine glancing in his direction while they're moving camp away from this mud puddle that Moraine has made. And Lan, instead of walking towards a dry spot to set up guard for his shift, decides to go sit in the mud puddle and just be like, you can't make me move. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, it's so not what she was expecting. It's so not what she was expecting. It's not, it's not what either of them were (laughs) expecting what makes it so ridiculous. It's, it's just crazy, but it's so fun. So Lan doesn't make any attempt to dry off. And as he's sitting in this mud and water logged area, Moraine thinks if that was humility, kings were the most humble men on earth. Ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) He is a king. Mm -hmm. He is a king. And so the chapter wraps up with Moraine uh, weaving, like she's able to weave this guard or this ward of spirit that allows her to feel if the men move at all, it'll Mm -hmm. alert her, which is really smart. That's awesome. That's another... That's another really cool weave to have in your pocket. But when they, when she's falling asleep, she's thinking of Ryan and this girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she thinks, a pity if he was afraid of her now. A great pity if he turned out to be a dark friend. He was charming and quite pretty, really. She did not mind a man wanting to see her unclothed, only his telling others about it. Moraine, girl. I think about how young she is, too. Yeah. Like she is a young woman. So, anyway. And her, It's just, it's a total different, like, character that we, we were seeing of her. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really cute. I mean. Yeah. I, if I had to hang out with someone like that, I would probably be slightly annoyed. You know, if I, if I were, <laughs> if I were one of the Aes Sedai from the Blue Aja and I was like, oh, God, this girl. I would be such a cad swain. Like, girl, get your ass back in the tower. You need another 10 years. Wake up. Yeah. So then we start with chapter 20, and that is called Breakfast in Manala. Mm-hmm. And this is the land point of view. So it's so it's good. It's so fun. Yeah. So Moraine tells the three men that they can call her Alice, which Lan thinks is definitely a lie (laughs) Mm -hmm. he doesn't believe that that's her name and he also doesn't believe that her serpent ring is a real Aes Sedai ring Mm -hmm. Moraine tells them that no one can know she is an Aes Sedai which makes Lan even more suspicious of her Mm -hmm. so yeah Alice is very very sus right now (laughs) Lan knows that some sisters don't have an ageless face starting out when they are Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. They're usually always very serene, and Alice is definitely not that. Mm-hmm. And after notice, noticing her disappointment after her <laughs> water trick prank, mm-hmm. he's just thinking, you know, she's just a childish woman, and yep. she, there's no way she could be an Aes Sedai. So he's kind of trying to piece it out, and he starts to wonder if it's possible that Moraine is actually a spy from this lady, mm-hmm. Eden. And that perhaps maybe this lady Eden thinks he's dumb enough to not take this small little woman as a threat. Um, And Bukama doesn't seem to trust this Alice either. 
But regardless, mm-hmm. Bukama is disappointed that Lan didn't offer his oath of protection. And mm-hmm. he kind of tells Lan that it's shameful, you know? Mm-hmm. So here we go again <laughs> with with um, the whole duty and chivalry and yeah. So it really, it really is. And is it is it that is it at that point where Lan's thinking about how she asked for their protection and then gave them money? Not yet. It's coming okay. up though. Um, okay. She, yeah, Lan. We, well, right now, Lan is just thinking like, okay, Bukama, you swore this oath to her, and that's enough to link me to her. So mm-hmm. me swearing another oath is just like redundant and. I don't need this strong of a connection to this woman. Like we're already yeah. connected. That's it's fine. Like leave it. Yep. Leave it be, Bukama. Yep. And he does not want any ties to an Aes Sedai and muses that she might be looking to bond Ryan as a warder. Mm-hmm. And it's because this whole time they've been flirting with each other. So he thinks, yeah, okay, maybe that's just what it is. So he's going through all of these steps in his head and working out different scenarios and trying to kind of feel her out. Mm-hmm. And as much as Lan doesn't want any association with Lady Alice, that hasn't actually stopped him from looking at her in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, he thinks to himself, he understood what drew Ryan. The woman's face was beautiful, and however childishly she behaved, the slim body inside that blue silk belonged to no child. But Ryan was right. (laughs) He had seen a carrion in in her skin more than one, and they had all tried to mesh him into a scheme, or two, or three, over Mm -hmm. one particularly memorable ten days in the south of Kyrian, he had almost been killed six times and nearly married twice. And I said I, if she really was one, and a Karianen, there could be no worse combination. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this because, uh, yeah. So I said I games and Dusty Mar. Whew, yeah. It makes for an unpleasant combination. Yes. And definitely one to be super warrior yeah yeah like back off yeah i can understand his hesitation around this for sure absolutely Mm -hmm. and he's already like on the alert for potential assassins because of what happened at the blue rose yeah so there's every reason for him to be distrustful of anyone around him yeah later on it says he had had six assassination attempts so well, those are the those are the six guys in the in the alley behind the or in the stable yard behind the blue rose. Okay, I like didn't. If six men hadn't worked worked, then maybe one woman would be able to slip in where they hadn't okay. been able to. That was how I read it. Okay, because I was thinking like, so were there more that happened off screen that I don't like know about? Yeah, yeah. Whew. That was what I thought too, but that. Then I kind of reread it a couple times, and that was okay. I was like, "Oh yeah, there were six guys that he took out because only only in, in stories, stories, yeah, does, does one, one man, man face six, yeah, <laughs> like waving my arms around like it's a grand gesture. <laughs> only in stories, fucking land, 
Man, if you're not a Land fan before reading this book, I think you become more of one. Like, there's just so much internal about him that is just not even on the surface of him until later in the books and even then. So, yeah. Yeah. Loving it. We're, we're getting... We're getting the real land here, not just surface yeah. stone land. land. Yeah. So they continue riding and eventually reach Manala. Moraine, a.k.a. Alice, wants to eat, and the village is celebrating their Beltine festival. So, yay, Beltine. Yeah, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like fun or sounds like fun. And as they're approaching this village, they are kind of right on the outskirts on this road and there are six trollic heads up on spikes and <laughs> yeah like welcome to Beltine festival right. <laughs> borderland style <Yeah. laughs> the borderland edition so uh. Moraine says something about it taking courage to go against such a beast with only a sword and Lan asks her if she has faced Trollocs. She says yes. He asks where, and she, Moraine gives a very Aes Sedai non-answer, saying, well, you know, they can be found all over. Mm-hmm. So later in the village, their party reaches an inn, and this is the part where you're talking about the innkeeper calls the three men retainers. And, <laughs> of course, Bukama has a stinky face, and he's mm-hmm. just mortified and angry and mm-hmm. it's at this point lands like i'm gonna go have a talk with that lady alice uh-huh. and they <laughs> they eventually eat and they're eating separately i believe in different rooms i think and while alice is away at her own table they the men start to discuss whether or not she's a real ice to die and mm-hmm. ryan is convinced and thinks that she is one and they should leave her to her business and just mm-hmm. like pack up and go leave mm-hmm. her like by the wayside and Bukama thinks she's an Aes Sedai but wants to know her motives and Lan mm-hmm. thinks she's a possible wilder spy sent out by this lady Eden mm-hmm. and he says you know something to the effects of having six assassination attempts and he can't think of who else would be behind it Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've all got their own idea of, you know, what she is. And they and oh, at this point, at this point, not Bukama, Ryan being willing to just ditch her is also another very non Malkieri thing to right? do. And so, again, one more reason for Bukama to dislike Ryan is, you know, here I mean, Bukama is given a pledge. I don't know what Ryan did in the moment, but I don't think he made the same pledge that Bukama He probably just had. took the coin and was like, I... <laughs> right. <laughs> Not offended at all. I guess so. I mean, I'm deadly, so okay. Yeah. I can understand you wanting me around right? Being in cocky. the borderlands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just... it. I think it's one more example of the difference of him to Lan and Bukama because also like in this moment where Bukama reminds him that he's made this pledge Lan's like I will honor your pledge as well mm-hmm. and so he's said that they will stick together yeah. but Ryan is shady 
Shady, Sorry. shady. Yeah. So um, I just got to find where I'm at. Okay. They soon realize that Alice has finished her breakfast and left. And mm-hmm. oh, okay. I already read that. Um, Ryan wants to leave her behind, but Lan brings up their pledge and they decide against it. And Lan mm-hmm. just decides to go off to go find her. Mm-hmm. And he thinks she might be organizing an assassination attempt. So that's where his mind is at right now. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to yeah. be in a place where you'll find a plethora of people who can kill other people, it's probably in the borderlands. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not unlikely. Yeah. So Lan is in sneak mode and he sees <laughs> Alice asking a village woman about a lady named Averna Sahara. Sahara. Mm-hmm. The woman points somewhere off in the distance and with um, kind of, you know, we can't really see what she's saying. And while Moraine's back is still f- towards Lan, she asks him if she should show him how eavesdropping <laughs> is punished in the White Tower. And Lan is shocked. Like, he is stunned. And first, okay, so, you know, first she was able to sneak out of the inn without them noticing. And then Mm -hmm. second off, she was able to hear Lan, like, from far Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. while he was trying to sneak about and listen to her. So he's pretty much impressed at this point. He's like, okay, you know, maybe she really is an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to think, okay, well, maybe she really is just trying to bond Ryan as a warder. So, like, how many mm-hmm. times has he flip-flopped on this? A lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lan tells Lady Alice that he has business in Chachin that cannot wait and offers to help her search for this Avina Sahara. <laughs> and we actually know that this is Swan, Right. I don't think so. But uh, I th- are we so, are okay. we led to assume that it's her because who else would be Maureen looking for? She's looking for one of the women on their list because they know they know that there's someone in Chechen, but they also said earlier in the books that there's someone in one of the towns in between Chechen oh, and Kamloo. Okay, but do do we and know so where she's... where is she supposed to meet Swan? In Chechen. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Swan's on her way there. I think she's going to like kind of get started on the search without Moraine until Moraine mm. arrives there too. Okay. But that's another reason why she's in such a hurry to get there. But she and Swan, like, yeah, Swan this whole knows time, that Moraine... this whole time, I'm like, she's just looking for Swan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that that's what I think that that's what Moraine said she was going to do is try to keep an eye out for. And like to inquire in the villages along the way if anyone knows of this particular woman because they're like they're still looking for these women on their list because they're still looking for the dragon right, reborn. Right, right, right. Um, and it feels like it's God. It's got to feel so much more urgent right now too. Like with that news that Swan brought and knowing that all of the people that they know are looking for the dragon reborn have been killed. Like this is now a really important thing to her. Yeah, and she's probably trying to get there before Cad Swain's party or whomever. Yeah, that she assumes might be also, you know, 
mm-hmm. hunting. So when she responds, Land thinks that she might be up on her tiptoes and again <laughs> dismisses the thought that she is Aes Sedai. Her body language is all wrong. So, I mean, mm-hmm. my God, how many times he's like, yep, definitely an Aes Sedai. Nope, definitely not an Aes Sedai. <laughs> And Alice says that it's better if Lan forgets the name Avina Sahara and that meddling in Aes Sedai business is unwise. Mm-hmm. She then commands that the men be ready when she be ready to leave when she returns. And she says that is if Malkiri keep their word as I've been told they do. Dang. Ouch. Ouch. And then yeah. she kind of like stomps off. Do, 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 just yeah. walking away. Oh yeah, she probably doesn't stomp off. She probably glides off. You yeah, know? <laughs> she's like she's like Lady Damadred at her best. Yeah, at her snootiest. Yeah, head hell high, yes. nose in the air. We know, we know how they look. Mm-hmm. So Lan returns to the inn and tells Bukama what he has witnessed, basically, and this seems to comfort Bukama. Bukama Mm -hmm. thinks that it's possible she's really just searching for this woman and wants protection until she finds her. Lan Mm -hmm. objects because it doesn't answer why she was following them for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And then Lan says to Bukama, and don't suggest she was afraid to approach (laughs) us. I think that woman frightens as easily as you do. So... That is the end of this chapter. <laughs> and we, I mean, we covered a lot of ground here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Is it? I loved, I loved these two chapters. No, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm still, like, I still think it's hilarious how many times Lan is just stuck in this, is she or isn't she? mode mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> he's like singular focused on this one thing Mm-hmm. well and also the thought that she is potentially an assassin yeah i mean so yeah and i kind of like it that maureen's totally keeping him on his toes mm-hmm. you know like she's not giving any ground she's not making it easy on him but she is still i She's still losing that Aes Sedai serenity yeah. and behaving like very almost like childishly. Hey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I always think that that I just think that that's fun that she's like one minute she's Aes Sedai, one minute she's having a tantrum, temper tantrum yes. and throwing water on him. Yes. So we, I think we can easily understand his confusion at that point. Well, if I were him, sure. I would be thinking the same thing. The whole, you know, dumping all the water on him. <laughs> I, I picture him standing there like ready to go, but also, you know, like ready to fight. But then at the same mm-hmm. time, just like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He has a huge WTF face. Yeah. So should mm. we do our break now? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think I'm going to call you this time because Simon's in there and I'm going to go smoke with him and then... Cool. I'll be back. Okay, I'll talk to you in a bit. Okay. Hey. I was just trying to think of how to say I've returned in French and I don't remember. Hmm. Two, two years of French? <laughs> And I got A's, and <laughs> I can't remember how to say that. There's a good... 
there's a there's a decent series on Netflix, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's French. I think it's like something vampires or other. And I thought it was going to be really campy, but it's actually like really really dark and really good. Mm. I'll look out for that. I like dark stuff, as we've we've talked about several times. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking through. We wanted to watch a horror movie last night because it was Halloween. But Arthur stayed up super late, and so we didn't get to. But Aiden wants to watch Hereditary. Ooh, okay. And I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched it, but I watched a trailer for it, and then I watched, like, this thing on YouTube that was, like, the the perfect horror films, and here they are, and Hereditary was, like, their number one. So I was like, okay. I haven't watched it because I'm a huge baby, and <laughs> I get too scared. I'm- I'm real intrigued. I'm. I really want a chance to sit down and watch it with Aiden. It's, it's supposed fun. to be really good. Yeah, and I mean, he's been trying to get us to watch this movie for quite a while. So, I think it's time to give in. We just can't. Uh, like, I don't like to have super scary stuff on when Arthur's so close to bedtime. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully more haunted, gruesome, fun things on cold nights coming up with my kiddo. Where were we? <laughs> we're, discussion. We're, on, we're on discussion. Yes, we are. So we've got some good. We've got some good discussion topics, I think. Good. There's some fun good. ones. This was mine for chapter 19. So mm-hmm. Maureen gives the guys coins again. Or not again, but we've seen her give coins out before in Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. Her little tracking device coins. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just like, did why didn't she or so when Lan snuck up on her, I was thinking like, did she have another like tracking device coin where she was like, oh, oh he's here. <laughs> oh, I didn't even make the connection that that might be how she sensed him, but I did wonder when she gave them the coins if it was the same thing as in the eye of the world cuz she gives them coins and then she enlists their help mm-hmm. and she does the same thing with Matt Perrin and Vran yeah. when she first meets them so yeah so okay. what if you know mm. maybe what if she actually maybe she, maybe it's it's totally possible that she didn't know like that was a slight but mm-hmm. at the same time, she's pretty sneaky, so she could have just been like, yeah, they'll think it's a slight, but then they'll be having a different expectation of me, thinking something totally mm. different of me, and I can deal with that if they think I'm, yeah. like, uncultured swine. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of figured it was, like, she seems to really like handing out money. <laughs> you know? She's like, tracking she's, everyone. <laughs> Mystery solved. (laughs) She knows where everyone is everywhere. All the time. (laughs) She's constantly tuned in. Oh, my God. That's so funny. No, it was the, uh, like, when she went to the woman's house at the beginning of Mm, 17, chapter 17, I think. And she, like, regrets being as generous as she was when she first started handing out money. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, Maureen pays for it everything apparently and but I mean I I think it'd be really interesting if she did if she did put that bond or ward or whatever weave whatever on on the coin before she gave it to them 
It would make sense, especially if people she was asking for protection from. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I wondered the same thing. And then I what I kept thinking of was how Moraine and Lan are both a king and queen in their own right. Mm-hmm. That they are a would-be king and queen and neither one of them knows it. Yeah. And like we said something about that a little bit in the earlier part, but it just it just shows how in some ways right they are for each other Mm -hmm. that they have these things like these ideals that have led them away from being the kind of people who like they're not looking for glory they're not looking to lead people in battle they don't necessarily want to be the people in charge but they want to do something Mm -hmm. and for moraine that something is finding the dragon reborn and so i i really yeah, with with know. Lan, there's this there's this um, there's this call to something that he's not looking forward to, and mm-hmm. I'm sure if he knew what Moraine was running away from, this whole Sun Throne um, plot line, he I think he would be really sympathetic to her and understand, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll come up. I mean, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, if they're going to Chechen, where Lan is going to face Lady Eden, and with Moraine being a noble, I know she's not really using that to her advantage, but I would imagine that somehow she's going to hear about who Lan is once they get there. I, it would be. I don't and we would she and we know that she can eavesdrop so like oh yeah good point all someone has to do is you know say the wrong thing and I'm sure she would put it together but I'm just curious mm-hmm. to see you know if what comes out first do we do they find out that Moraine is who she is first or does mm-hmm. she find out who Lan is first that's what mm-hmm. I'm interested in well, and do they find out before she bonds him? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the other thing I'm wondering is, like, do they know that they have this connection before they create that connection? And I did. <laughs> Moraine, she's such a little flirt. Like, how many times now in the book has she been like, oh, hey, that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, I He's actually, cute. I have that in my like topics too and it's just um I was gonna ask you actually like what you thought about the whole situation because I I okay I I definitely see this young flirtatious um these (laughs) these young characteristics from her totally Mm -hmm. but at the same time I'm almost wondering that She's seen Ryan leaving that in. She knows that she we've we've seen her own thoughts where she says, mm-hmm. you know, pity if he was a dark friend and mm-hmm. but, you know, cuz he's so cute, it would be a pity. So yeah. so I almost feel like it's both. Like I feel like she's possibly like flirting with him because he is cute. And at the same mm-hmm. time, 
maybe trying mm. to work out and play some Deste Mar type intrigue shit to try and get to know what his intentions really are. And I could mm-hmm. see her using, you know, this flirtation as a kind of a method to like to kind of like include herself into his little bubble of schemes. Yeah. And he's the only person who's really responding to her mm-hmm. in any kind of open manner at this time. So it would make sense for her to keep working to widen that source of information and connection and trust from him. So, yeah. And Lan mentions that he has had intimate relationships with Kyrian women. Yeah. And that <laughs> they have tried to ensnare him in the game of houses. Mm-hmm. And so he's already on alert mm-hmm. from Moraine. And I can absolutely see her using her womanly charms yeah. to try to get Ryan to say what she wants him to say or like let his guard down and do something that would give her a clue of who in the party might be about a dark friend if any of them are because she really doesn't have any confirmation just suspicions yeah at this time like she doesn't even know if anybody who's in who is in Canloom is a dark friend she just has her suspects yeah. yeah so i mean yeah there are a lot of things happening in moraine's head at the moment a lot and she's boy crazy which i think is really <laughs> funny like that's just one of those things that you don't expect from her and then i also i think about how close in age she and swan are to elaine Egwene, and nynaeve and when they come to the tower, I mean, they really spend a super short amount of time as accepted and novices for for them to be Aes Sedai at the age that they are. Catswain has a point when she says that they could benefit from more time in the tower because most accepted and novices have. Yeah. Like for them to only spend three years as a novice and three years as an accepted. And then when Elaine and Aguine come there and Nynaeve is just instantly raised to accepted like that. I never. I almost really saw. Can, like, sorry. I don't know. Uh, no, I almost saw this whole. Um, you know how they kind of like just were trying to give them. It almost seemed like busy work, Moraine mm-hmm. and Swan, and they were just like, "We got, we got to get out. I got to get out." And they mm-hmm. just felt kind of like trapped there. I almost wonder if that's something that they do to all the new, newly raised Aes Sedai because. Or if it was just something that they were in particular focused on Moraine and Swan for because they were raised so fast that they hadn't really mm-hmm. spent as much time as some of the women that, you know, had to wait 10 years before their test. So yeah. I, it's almost like they were trying to, like, beat this childish, um, these, you know, these characteristics out of them. Because, you know, you don't want to release that out into the world. That's not the right way to represent the White Tower. So I can see from the other side of things where they would want to keep them there longer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious that she hasn't gained all of the Aes Sedai serenity that (laughs) Lan is accustomed to seeing. Because he's just like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that this crazy tiny lady is an Aes Sedai. Like. 
she can channel, but that doesn't mean that she's an Aes Sedai. Yeah. So she's it. Yeah, they're young women, mm-hmm. and I mean, I've been twenty two. I mean, I was also a mom at twenty two, so life is a little different then. But I still did stupid, dumb shit 20 year old stuff yeah. that you do yeah and so there's it definitely shows up in marine and i think that it's really i don't, I don't know whether to love it or hate it it's just or, it, it, it humanizes her i think it really does yeah that is 100 percent correct i lost my notes i need to log back into my iPad. there we go um, let's see here. So they are young. We just talked about that. <laughs> are we on chapter 20 um, already? I think so. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, I mean, it's interesting that we keep seeing the theme of duty and honor when it comes to the Malkieri characters. Yeah. And it almost looks like we're seeing a little bit of a pushback from Lan when it comes to him making an oath to Moraine. Because mm-hmm. Bukama's really disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. But Lan almost seems to act as if the custom is maybe outdated or not necessary. Or maybe maybe just too easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Because he's already distrustful of Moraine. Yeah. So it's almost like I'm not sure. Like, are we seeing like some cultural pushback or is it just caution, like pure and simple? I think it's for me, I think it's caution. Like, Land seems to be as thoroughly Malkieri as he possibly can be. And it seems as though the protection of women along the borderlands is just something that is ingrained into all of them like we saw it when they were in Faldara at the end of the very first book and were in the borderlands and any other time that I mean they also expect their women to be fierce and to be able to defend themselves but they do still the men put themselves in in front of the women when it when it's requested or when it feels necessary when it's required yeah yeah, and I mean, there are little things about Land that I feel kind of show this, and one of them, this is so funny, when Mor- Moraine has left the inn, and uh, Ryan sa- <laughs> says maybe she went to the privy, the privy and Land's like, like, God, oh, <laughs> you're so crass, man. How what crude. Fuck? Yeah. Exactly, and I was like, Land's just a delicate flower. Like, <laughs> on the inside, he's like this... This little perfect petal of flower that of flowers that is opening up to all of the things that he's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think it's more the situation. Yeah, I but, think he's distrustful. But and I have like an eye of the world when he's introduced. I never got that vibe from him. So mm. I wonder if it's something that he kind of like. Does he slowly grow out of it, or just we don't get his point of mm. view, so we don't see it? Hmm. Maybe that would be a good thing for our listeners. Is there is yeah. there any parts in the main series where you really get these formalities yeah. and things around around land? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I mean, like Bukama. 
this guy is swearing an oath like every chapter. Like, guy, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, okay. My life over yours. <laughs> yes. I will not raise my sword in this city. Yeah, and it's almost just this completely <laughs> exaggerated characteristic that, like, Robert Jordan gave him where he's such, like, it's so cartoony. But yeah. um, so we're getting this whole, like, chivalry aspect, and it's, like, it's almost a little heavy-handed, but mm-hmm. as much as it's kind of, like, I don't know, as much as I feel it's kind of, like, goofy, I think that this is something, like, when we get to see the series, when we get to see the mm-hmm. show, like, this is something that I want to, them to be, like, very heavy-handed and, like, drive home these big, mm-hmm. obvious cultural differences. And I want it laid out, like, yeah. from the beginning because this mm-hmm. is so important to the story. It's one of the things that adds such a layer of richness and complexity to the series that it would just – it would it would be a disservice to the wheel of time if it if those things weren't brought fully out in the in the TV show yeah in my opinion yeah I agree with you and it's I mean yeah so like just for example when the in when the innkeeper calls the men retainers mm-hmm. lands like ready to go give her a piece of his mind like I will tell <laughs> her you know and so, like, Bukama swears his oath to protect her. So, to them, you know, calling them a sellsword basically would be a major slight. Absolutely. And then we know, like, their culture is so deeply rooted in honor and duty. So, that would be mm-hmm. basically the most offensive thing you could do would be dismiss it, like, dismissing the fact and just assuming that giving them money would make them more trustworthy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Moraine doesn't even realize how insulting she's being if this was done accidentally and not mm-hmm. for another intention. Yeah. But it would it would definitely I can see Bukama being really offended over being offered money for something that he would feel anyone should know his word would hold him to. Yes. And Land's reaction of just looking at it and then tucking it away and not saying anything. Yeah. He's agreeing, but he's not agreeing. He's, like, begrudgingly agreeing. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like Bukama's willing to overlook the offense because she has asked for his protection. But you're right. He's constantly like... Or just calling her out on her mm. insult would be insulting. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Like, they're not going to try to correct her behavior. That would would shame them. Right, right. Or shaming her would shame them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like a figure eight of toe. I don't know where it ends (laughs) and where it begins. (laughs) I was just gonna say this is very ideal in a way yeah. and now I'm starting to feel confused yeah. but I mean we see this theme throughout the entire book of cultural differences and the problems mm-hmm. they create you know like Ran and Avienda Perrin and Fael mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. the Aiel versus the wetlanders you know <laughs> <laughs> and I like I don't hate it despite how often that it comes up but it mm-hmm. almost seems like the steady fallback for Robert Jordan to create conflict within the story. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, personally, the reason I think that it works and that it's believable is because we talked about this before. It's because I married outside of my nationality. (laughs) I mean, even cultures that are very similar can have these tiny little differences and it can Mm -hmm. be, you know, it can create tension. So yeah, Mm -hmm. ergo, I approve. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I've always enjoyed the parts that allow me to kind of dig into what makes a group of people behave the way they do. The IEL have probably been my favorite for that. Mm. Um, The IEL are great because he just like plops down this entire group of people and he's like, they are different. They are different. They are very, very different. (laughs) Very different. Very different. And we just get these little hints of them. In the the earlier yeah. books, until you get to the point where it's here is a a full nation of people. Oh gosh, they like to fight among themselves. I love I love when they. I mean, we get to see one early on, but I think it's not until later when Elaine and Nynaeve come across a group of Aiel women, and Nynaeve heals them. And I'm like anger heal. Yeah, anger heal. <laughs> <laughs> and. I'm just like, oh, who are these people? I want to know more. And then they have to kind of like mm-hmm. go their separate ways. And I'm like, no, I need to know more. <laughs> yeah, but then they reconnect at that yes! draw moment. Yes! Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I was like, whoever these people are, I love them. And if we're going to talk about cultural differences, then I've got this is kind of interesting too, because, okay, when it's brought up, when Lan is like an Aes Sedai and a Karyanen, you know, there couldn't be a worse combination. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, yeah, I totally get it. Aes Sedai mm-hmm. games, Dusty Mar, I get the mistrust. Like, I like to think that I'm a somewhat clever person, but this is just a whole <laughs> nother level of manipulation yep. and swindling. Mm-hmm. And like, on a side note, this is why I don't actually hate the Tom and Moraine pairing later mm-hmm. on because we get all of these like groups of people where it's like cultural differences, cultural differences, conflict, tension. And then like to the outside, it would almost look like this kind of like crippled older man mm-hmm. and a pretty little doll. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, can we talk about how, like, extremely competent Tom is in, like, Deste Mar and his spying and him, -hmm. like, going undercover just about anywhere because he's just like, oh, I'm just a gleeman. And then he Mm -hmm. comes back with all this information. Like, it's so cool. And I kind of think, like, the pairing kind of works. Like... Mm-hmm. I just want Moraine to be able to retire after all of the bullshit that she's gone through. <laughs> and, you know, like just maybe she can just like live out her life with Tom. And I have this like head canon for after what happens in a memory of light. So in my head, like Moraine just kind of like picks up where Swan left off, like gathering intel and like having mm-hmm. Tom by her side, like as her, mm-hmm. like, yeah, her sneaky partner in crime. And that makes me happy. <laughs> it is a brilliant pairing, really. Yeah, a lot of people it hate it because it, 
I think it's just because it, you know, a lot of people didn't see it coming and I didn't really mm-hmm. either. But Mm-mm. don't most of the, a lot of the relationships in these books happen that way anyways? Mm-hmm. They're just like, yeah. boom, we're a couple now. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but putting them together, they would be a dangerous combination because of their intelligence. Right? It's not necessarily their ability to win in a physical fight. But it is their ability to see what's going on underneath the surface and how to get it from other people without them necessarily realizing what has happened. They're both really clever. Yeah. And I think they should have children. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, like, don't have kids unless you want to, guys. But (laughs) when you're really smart like that, you should have at least one. (laughs) The world needs smart children. Yeah, pass that shit along. <laughs> yeah. Just be clever. Here you go, child. Start out early. But I almost yep. thought, you know, like, okay, so what is what does Moraine do post the last battle? You know? Does mm-hmm. she like hang up the shawl and join the kin? She's a blue. I don't see that. She's got like I don't see her. I see her as the kind of person who's going to jump in and help with the nation building and the like, what is it that, that Varen said about the blue, that they are seekers of causes? Mm-hmm. She'll find something. Yeah. Like, her and Tom will do something and find something that will help. And with Swan, the most with it Swan can. gone, they need I they know. need new eyes and ears. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Tom's kind of a badass, so. It's true. Just the two of them together. Yeah, right? Can you imagine them traveling around and getting the... Getting put in all the good, yeah, putting the ears to the ground and all of that. Yep, I, I, I kind of like it. Like, I, I'm just I'm making the mental imagery of like switching Lan out for Tom and seeing them, <laughs> like, yeah, going off and around. It's cute, it is cute. I appreciate that mental image. Thank you, <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah, to all the to all the Tom and Moraine haters, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. This is my opinion. I like it. Not sorry. <laughs> it's cute. It makes you happy. Yeah. Don't. It's all that's needed. Don't rain on my parade. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, yeah. Um. The next. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the Trolloc heads on spikes. So has Moraine actually ever encountered Trollocs in real life or only in her tests for the shawl? I think it's probably just in the test. Because she gave, but she I, gives a non-answer, but I feel like that would be real enough to her that mm-hmm. she could use. Because, I mean, in in that, she faced Trollocs. Yeah. It, it was, it was if a it, threat to her life. Yeah, if it would have killed her, then it would have killed her forever. Like, it's just as mm-hmm. much of a threat there as it is you know, anywhere else. So her Aes Sedai non-answer. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because she I, couldn't say, like, yeah, I encountered one in my test for the shawl. <laughs> they would right? be like, it what? Was in, it was in a simulation, but it's almost <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> and I mean, she she danced her way through that part of getting through the test. Like that was what I immediately thought of was like her humming to herself and channeling and doing the weaves for this and throwing fireballs. And I was like, yeah, she's face trollics. Can you imagine if some if they're like, well, what happens when you face these trollics? She's like, oh, I was dancing. <laughs> you're like, this gets weirder and weirder. You are a strange <laughs> little woman. woman? and then okay so when they're having breakfast in the inn Mm -hmm. ryan makes the comment like oh you know like we could just leave her behind very very suspicious and Mm -hmm. here's why i think why um so we're, we were talking about the flirting thing. I almost mm-hmm. feel like it could be going both ways. Like they both don't trust each other and they're both flirting mm. as a means to like figure the each other out. Like, yeah. did, did you ever watch that really stupid Mr. and Mrs. Smith movie where they're both spies, but they're like living as like a married couple and neither of them know that they're like a spy for a different no country or organization? I don't remember the movie's. Really I'm sure silly. I've watched something with that plot line too. <laughs> okay, though. yeah. So it was like a spy yeah. versus spy situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm I kind of was just thinking like, well, maybe they're both trying to kind of feel each other out and mm-hmm. they haven't really like clocked each other yet. And mm-hmm. then um I got to thinking like, okay, so if he's actually a dark friend and he's the one who's behind these assassination attempts, maybe he knows having an Aes Sedai around them would be an obstacle mm-hmm. in his path if he's trying to kill Lan. Mm-hmm. Because there's always this situation where, like, she would, she would come to the rescue <clears throat> or she would find out what he is and be able to, like, put him down, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, flirting would be a good ways to keep, like, a safe distance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what But to also think. to be kind of disarming. Yeah, yeah. To, p- like, to, keep, her, to keep her, like, at ease, maybe. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. she's doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, and he's not, he's not expecting it from her. They're kind of falling back on, like, these, these defaults yeah. in a way. And, like, just... I like that idea. I mean, it would be just like Maureen to do something like that. We don't know Ryan well enough. But if he is a dark friend and he is there to assassinate Lan, why? Who's the person who has ordered the assassination? And what would his orders be? Oh, you're saying other like who's, that? Yeah, who's behind the. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we know from reading the series that. No Forsaken, no Dark Friend really has the liberty to make their own choices. They all encounter, especially as the seals on the Dark One's prison are breaking, they all encounter a force stronger than them to push them in specific directions. And so someone is telling him that land needs to be taken out, which kind of makes sense. I mean, Malkier falls like who's, to the Like shadow. who's his handler? <laughs> Yeah, like to see the the end completely of the Malkier line would benefit the shadow oh, as yeah. opposed to raising Malkier back up and having another nation there to fight the shadow. Right. So 
someone has to be, and I want to know who it is. If he is, I mean, if he is a dark friend, I want to know who's calling the shots and if this is the order that he has. Because, I mean, how long potentially... How long have dark friends been trying to take out Malkier, though? Like, since Lan was Well, and I mean... Yeah, and they won. I mean, that was the... Wasn't that the fall of Malkier? Was that it was betrayed to the shadow? So, I mean... And if Ryan, Lan wants if to f- Ryan is his one of his oldest friends, he would know who Lan is. He would know he's not just a random Malkier. He would know he's the king. Mm-hmm. So who better? Yeah. He would make the perfect dark friend. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's not like Lan's identity is a secret to anyone. It seems like like most people seem to recognize who he is, which makes sense, I guess. Um, but having someone but yeah. who's your trusted BFF. Yeah. I don't Harry know. Harry Potter moment. <laughs> he was their friend. Okay, sorry. I know you're not a Harry Potter person. That's actually that's actually for Rob. Rob, that, that Harry Potter thing is for you. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. I, I just would would Moraine that's the question. Would Moraine insert herself? into a situation if mm. Lan is attacked, I think she would. I think she would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so funny that this is their this is their first meeting. These are their first thoughts of each other. And we see them later on working as this unified team. team. Force to yeah. be reckoned with. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, I mean, it's not like Lan is dumb. No, he's not just he's not just all broad and no brains. You know, he's I mean, he's the full package. Yeah, he he's deadly. He's strong. He's smart. He's a king. <laughs> he's got you all know? that going for him. He has he has everything. So, I mean, except for like a tragic I'm going to go die in the blight. <laughs> right. Hang up. Well, I guess I'll go kill myself now or just continue becoming <gasps> more deadly. Whatever. That's why he needed Nynaeve to be like, yeah, you dummy. dummy. Your life is worth living. Stop that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. mm -hmm. But that basically sums up all of our notes and discussion topics. And we we did bring up a couple like interesting thoughts and unanswered questions. So, again, listeners, if you want to jump in, leave us a message feel free we love that we love that of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) love it it's so fun should we wrap up wrapping up first off thank you so much for joining us we will continue to release new episodes every wednesday we would love if you subscribe to the podcast leave us reviews share us with your friends all that stuff let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a Discord channel, which is hopping and it's fun and it's full of really sweet, encouraging, talented people. Thank you, everyone. Uh, find us there. And... Um, I think that's all of our media platforms. Uh, but you can find the Discord channel on Amber's social media. Yeah, it's on. Right? Yeah, it's pinned to the Twitter account. And I mean, if you are on Instagram, just send us a message and we'll send you an invite. Perfect. Awesome. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Bye. Bye. Wonderful. <laughs>